My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Hey friends, this episode was recorded before the COVID crisis and the opinions expressed do not represent the current climate of the country. Make sure you stay tuned for more current episodes. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, owner of Detroit Mom. We're so excited to have you here. We are bringing you honest conversations with moms from all different backgrounds. Today we're talking about struggles in motherhood and um, how it's very common for moms to judge each other and we're in... Apparently, it's natural <laughs> to judge other moms, um, and it's probably something I do. I just don't notice as much, but um, kind of how we're, we're going to jump into that, talking about the struggles and basically breaking it real. down. Yeah, <laughs> the, str- the struggle's real for all of us here. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my co-hosts, um, Kimberly, Jasmine, and Kristen, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Awesome. Hey, everybody. I'm Kimberly, and um, I'm a mom to two children, 10 and 12 currently. I am married. Um, A little bit of background. Uh, I was actually uh, single when I started my family, so I adopted both of my children and uh, was single when I did so. And then when they were about two and four, I got married, and then my husband adopted the kids, so we're one great big adoptive family. Um, And I would have to say, you know, as we're talking about struggles and things like that, Elizabeth, that you uh, mentioned we're going to be talking about, one of the things, you know, stereotypes definitely come into Mm -hmm. play. And I would have to say um, I have mostly been stereotyped as a mom because I adopted as someone who couldn't have, I'm doing air quotes here, my own children, um, meaning my biological children. And that just isn't the case. I actually chose to adopt um, and grow my family that way. So that's a stereotype right off of, oh, you couldn't have your own. And hmm. that's you know, interesting. I would have, I didn't realize that. Yeah. The, yeah. What the assumptions yeah. that people make about, oh, yeah, there's lots of assumptions, right? Lots of, lots of judgments and things like that. Um, I have had my own business for over 20 years. So when I was 20, I started my own business. I've been an entrepreneur ever since. And when I had my children, um, I naturally transitioned into being a work from home mom. So they were kind of by my side. The whole time I was doing it. I love it. Yeah, I like it. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I am a uh, working mother. I'm also a single mom of one seven-year-old son. Um, Just in hearing the stereotypes and the struggles that uh, we all kind of face during the motherhood process, I definitely can say that one of the stereotypes that I've come across is the fact that if I'm a single mom, I must be... Um, not only responsible, but superwoman to do everything myself. And in my particular um, household, that is not the case. I made a conscious decision to be a multi-generational home. It was very intentional. 
Um, I needed additional support, uh, figuring out the co-parenting lifestyle for my particular situation and really just going against the grain of what I saw, what was being normalized when it came to being a single mom. Um, For me, I wanted a village. I wanted to have that support system in-house, and I felt that that was the best thing for me and my son at the time. And to this day, it still has worked out, um, I believe, in our favor. So in going through the process of making conscious decisions, I also had to be very intentional about making sacrifice. And for me, the strand that I see within motherhood is that all moms on some levels, uh, we all have to make sacrifices, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a single mom, a married mom. Um, A lot of my friends are married, and they are also mothers. And we have a lot of of the same thread as far as our concerns for our children, um, the issues that we deal with with trying to deal with work-life balance. I'm actually a working mom, but I, my goal, and what I'm sacrificing now um, to ensure is I want to be a work-from-home mother, And I'm just really excited to hear the perspective of other moms and to offer support on whatever level that looks like for each individual mom that um, hears this podcast. So, yeah. My name is Kristen, and I'm also the podcast producer for Unfiltered Mom. Um, I am a part-time stay-at-home mom, part-time work-from-home slash work-out-of-the-house mom. Um... A lot of people for me assume that because I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I became a stay-at-home mom um, after my first daughter was born, uh, after having severe sickness and pregnancy with hyperemesis. So kind of pushed me into a realm that I wasn't prepared for, to say the least. Um, Mm. But it also pushed me into a life of entrepreneurship, which has been wonderful for my own personal growth. Um, And I think the biggest stereotype with me is people think I am just a full-time stay-at-home mom and my husband must make a ton of money, Um, (laughs) which is absolute opposite of the truth. Um, We live on a budget, we struggle with finances, and we sacrifice a lot so I can be available for our children and we can hopefully continue to expand our family um, and for me to kind of chase my dreams right now. And you still have your own thing, yeah, you know, alongside absolutely. that. Yeah. I think that's so, important. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing. I think people think what I do is just like, I'm just out having lunch with my friends and I have a bunch of hobbies and that's so far from what is really going on. <laughs> well, I think that's a small percentage of people. There are obviously people out there that <laughs> can be stay-at-home moms and still have childcare Mm-hmm. go out to lunch and do that that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's realistic for the majority of the population. No, no. And I think I think a lot of stay-at-home moms, in my opinion, I was a stay-at-home mom for a short period of time, like a full-time stay-at-home mom. Like I didn't have a side hustle. I wasn't working. That was my main focus. And I, I truth be told, I, I hated telling people that I was a stay-at-home mom. Like, because I just felt like right away, like, and this this is my personal feelings. Like, I felt like I had nothing to offer. Like, my career up until I became a parent was pretty much my identity. So when that was taken away from me, you took my identity away. And I, as much as I tried to see, like, a stay-at-home mom is a job, and people would always be like, oh, well, you have a job. You're a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, I am, but 
I don't see a paycheck. I don't have benefits. <laughs> I, there's all these things that, you know, that monetized my career that I don't have now, you know. Mm. So it's it's a struggle. I, I yeah. Well, I definitely hear you on that struggle. Um, the expression work from home mom is kind of a new one to me. And actually, you know, my children didn't have childcare. And so when I had my own business, I uh, still have my own business and you know, I was a stay-at-home mom because I worked during nap times. I worked when they slept at night. Um, they would come to work with me. They'd come to board meetings with me <laughs> as I was in the front um, leading a meeting. And it's funny because people just exactly the same thing you just said assume, oh, Kimberly doesn't work. You know, <laughs> give her a call. She can run this errand or she can do this appointment. Oh, or it's the worst. she can do yeah. whatever. And it's like, sure, I have flexibility in my schedule by design. But that doesn't mean I'm not working, and that doesn't mean that that job's not getting done. It might be getting done at 1 a.m. when you guys are all sleeping, right, because you've got your, you know, whatever, maybe more standard job that you're getting those work hours done in. And so it is a struggle. Stereotypes exist for sure. Mm -hmm. And really it's how you self-identify, right? I mean, I for years was like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, I don't know what I am. Yeah, I work. And it's just this really uncomfortable because you know some type of judgment's being cast your way. And it's basically how many questions do you want to answer straight off? And if it's you don't want the first question. It's the first question. And if you don't want to well, have you're that judging yourself already. Absolutely. So it's right. like when you're judging yourself, you're assuming that everybody else mm -hmm. is seeing that too. Sure. Like that must be what they see. Well, or trying to figure out the language that they are also comfortable with and understand. Right, so that they're resonating with you right. and with what you're saying, so that they're not like, so what does that mean? Yes. <laughs> right, and then it's like, oh, I don't know, what does a village mean? Well, it's a, <laughs> I don't know, I need to look that up. I think absolutely, I agree with everything that you said, and I think the key um, phrase that you said that really stood out to me is by design, because I think that sometimes you're either subconsciously designing your lifestyle, and you don't really realize what choices you're making to put yourself in certain boxes and then you look up and you feel like, well, you have to you have to stay in this box because that's what has defined you through the process of being a mom or how people identify you. And I was in corporate America and I knew that I was very uncomfortable. And for me, I needed to do something different. So I was willing to take really radical approaches to figuring out what that looked like. And I had no clue how to do it. But for me, uh, shifting my focus to doing the same nine to five routine, it started off in baby steps, right? So I shifted from an eight to five, nine to five schedule and did a 10 to seven, 11 to eight and kind of tried to figure out how that worked. And I was like, huh, I kind of like not having to be yeah. in rush hour traffic and flying home, you know, right at five o'clock so I can get my child and then it came into, I had an opportunity to have my uh, parents support me um, in the sense of watching my son certain days. So I still elected, even with that support, to have him uh, in a preschool setting at least two days of the week, right? And I gave myself a downtime, a day to myself. And it just seemed so odd to people that I wanted to have this day to myself because it wasn't the norm. So just going through trying to figure out what that process looked like for me, shifting my schedule around, doing some flex work from home, and pitching that. That was not something that was originally offered to me. Mm -hmm. But going into the office and speaking to leadership and saying, I like this opportunity 
reading articles where it seemed that it was more common to have four-hour or four-day work weeks and the benefits to that and the balance that I felt just testing things out for myself, I realized that I can design what, what I choose for me and my son. And it didn't have to look a certain way because I was a single mom or because I had support. It had to be based on what I needed and what I thought was best for us. So for me, that process was pretty lengthy because it took years, right, to kind of figure out what little changes I needed to make that made um, a better transition for us to still have a bond. And at times I lost my way because I felt like I had to be super focused when I was at work if I was asking for some of this flexibility and putting more pressure on myself to meet certain deadlines and get goals done because I felt like it was a privilege and an honor when really it's my right to really shift my schedule the way that I need to in order to run my household and balance my lifestyle. And a lot of times I think that there's that self-imposed pressure that we have for some of that judgment. And even leaving corporate America, I still kind of had my foot in the door while I transitioned out. And being in that middle space of knowing what you really, really want, but kind of being nervous and wanting to still be validated in some way and not just saying, well, I just sit at home. Like, I wanted to still have some sort of validation. So my transition from that was leaving corporate America, going into the role that I have now, which is a part-time role. I have a very nice title of a director. So now when people say, well, what do you do? I can say, oh, I'm a director, (laughs) right? And that gives that validation in saying that I have a role, I have a title, I have my foot still in some type of working environment. But knowing that I was able to kind of offset that with having other days that I could focus on the creative endeavors, entrepreneurial endeavors, and doing things that are really passionate for me. So for me, it's kind of like now I'm at that point where I'm not quite sure how it's going to work with having my foot one in, one out, right? And I know that I have to take another leap of faith. So transitioning, I know that that's going to take more levels of sacrifice and really being understanding and engaging into what that looks like now for me and my household. And all of that's scary. And it's not one is better than the other. And I feel like that has kind of been the conversation that I hear a lot in motherhood that because my transition has been smoother or less smooth than I did it right or wrong. And to me, there is not a right or wrong. It's more so what was best for me at the time. And I used the information I had during that time to make the best decision for us. Well, and I want to take you back to when you were talking about, sorry, this is like horrible. When you were talking about saying you're the director of your role. Yeah. So when I meet moms, it's like natural, right? You're going to ask that question. You know, what do you do? And women will be like, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Yes. So I think that there's that part where there is that that portion of shame where the other person's like, oh, so you just stay home with your kids. Mm-hmm. I've heard it so many times. People say that to me, and I, I probably work more hours now working for myself than I worked when I worked at the hospital. 100%. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And yes. so the people who are saying that, I'm just like – and then the women who are then saying, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, but you're not just a stay-at-home mom. I could let, I, If you asked any of those women what their day looks like, it is so stressful. Like, I, you know, it's been four years that I worked from home and I didn't have any help, and I now have help, and he's on vacation this week. And so <laughs> I'm like, I've been with, you know, he's been with us for now six weeks. We have a manny, and I'm over here like, oh, my gosh, like, you got to get 
one kid to school, then the other one to school, and mm-hmm. then the, the four-year-old's four only at school for two and a half hours. Then the baby needs to come home and nap, and then you have to wake the baby up. Then you got to get the house clean in between that. Then you have to have, go get the four-year-old, bring them home, get them lunch. You probably have to stop somewhere to take care of errands, come home. The nap time starts. I'm exhausted already. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like you're not you're the you're the person. You're the in home therapist. You're the dishwasher, the laundry mat. Like you're you're everything for your family. And a a stay at home mom, she's the one who who figures it all out, right? Doctors' appointments, even for their husband. Oh yeah, you're the person. I mean, and I think the pressure. I don't think a lot of people understand the pressure that stay at home moms feel. When I was strictly a stay at home mom, I did not have anything else going on. I was just at home with my kids. I felt like I had to account for all of my time. Like this is what I did today, even though you couldn't see what was actually going on. I always felt like I had to explain to everybody, like, no, I was busy. I wasn't just sitting at home. Like I did the laundry, I did the dishes, I paid all our bills, I scheduled all our appointments, you know, you're managing so much. And I think that's where stay-at-home moms, there's equally a guilt and a judgment, even maybe to themselves. Um, but I also feel like the same goes for working moms. Like, for sure. But now they have a job on top of it. So, I mean, there is benefits to being just a stay-at-home mom, um, but I, when I was a stay-at-home mom, I used to look at all the working home, like working moms, and be like, "God, I would just love to put on normal clothes." I think most and moms go somewhere moms like, that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would just, you know, or I was jealous of your lunch meeting that you were annoyed got scheduled. Mm-hmm. Like I would kill for a lunch meeting just <laughs> to talk to a normal person. I think like. though, like <laughs> when you're a working mom, and just from the perspective, so of course, like the opposite can be said, right? Like mm-hmm. I would much rather prefer to put on my yoga pants and, and be at home, be at home during the day, because to me that feels like a luxury mm-hmm. on some regard, on some level, right? But I think the what is missing sometimes in these conversations, and we talked about it a little bit before, what's substantiating, is just the fact that quality has to be brought into the conversation, right? So if you're a working mom and you have to balance all the things that you said on top of a job, that doesn't necessarily equate to the quality of how you're effectively doing those roles, right? right? Exactly. So sometimes the sacrifice is just about, it's not that I can't do it, right? It's not that I can't do it all or figure out a way to kind of manage it. It's just I don't want to manage it poorly, Right. And for me, managing it poorly may look different for you because you have a different skill set. You have a different threshold for the level of stress that you can take on. Like there's so many individual factors that really have to be looked at on how managing it all and doing it with quality and still finding time for yourself and your sanity. Like all of that is not really taken into consideration when we make judgments about what it must look like, like to counter what you were saying about um, stay-at-home moms and how there's this conversation with, oh, you just stay at Mm -hmm. home with your child, right? I've also heard like the, it's kind of like the snarky, like, I wish I could just stay at home oh, all the and time. be with yeah. my kids all day. But and it's not it's always like, a choice. Well, that and it's also this underlying thing that like <clears throat> it would be so much easier for me. Right. And I think that that's so wonderful. And I wish that I could have that luxury. And it's like it doesn't necessarily like you don't have my children 
-hmm. you don't have my bills. You don't know what all of that equals for me on my mental stress and the quality of how I'm able to stay at home. Like you were saying, I may, you may be a stay at home mom where your kids may be in front of the TV all day. Do I advocate for that? No, but that's a different conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Than you're a stay at home mom who may have a homeschool program. Well, I think everybody's quality is, you know, it's their priority. So if your priority is, you know, you like to like spend that one-on-one time with giving the kids a bath at night and like that's your like that's your quality. I think it's different for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's important too because, you know, sometimes I feel like moms are judged about what they're doing and what they're not doing. And that's where we always feel like we have to be doing it all working moms, single, stay-at-home moms, all included. Like, they feel – I just had the conversation with my husband where I – even though he's very helpful in the sense that he wants to help and he wants to do this and he wants to do that, um, but I always feel guilty. Like, I'm always like, oh, no, 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 I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Wow, not me. I'm like, (laughs) go for it. (laughs) See, and that's where I I can't let it go. And I think that's where my struggle is, you know – I wish that I had that mentality where I could be like, yeah, just go for it. You know, yeah, you take control. But there's like this inner struggle, even though my husband is sitting there like, let me take some of this off of your plate. I mentally I'm like, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm trying to start multiple businesses (laughs) at once. And I feel like I should be doing all of this, too, because he goes and works all day and but he should equally be stepping up and I should be letting him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Accepting that's, that. I think that's where the quality and the priority is always sure. a, a pendulum, you know, sure. it's swinging back and forth, you know, what is your priority and what is quality versus priority? Well, and what is, what is the time spent with your family look like too? Exactly. Like intentional versus like for a work from home mom, I can speak for myself is I was home with my kids, but I wasn't home with my kids. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, I need to answer this phone call. I need to lock myself in here. I have a conference Absolutely. call. I have to send this email. I have to get out this post. I have to do this. I have to do that. And then I'm spending majority of the time screaming at my kids. Like on one more phone call, I have to do this. You know, stop screaming. Stop, stop being four. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I'm mad at them and they don't for get being it. their age. Yeah. And so um, I heard the speaker talk and she said, would you rather have 12 hours of interrupted time or two very intentional hours with your kids. And since we hired Corey, I truly feel I have that. He has given us that time back to have the intentional time with our kids. Yes, I love that. So I'm not screaming at them and I don't feel the pressure to do the work and to do all the things. But we also, to get Corey, we sacrificed a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So there there was that portion of it that I wanted to be there for my kids, like really be there. And I didn't feel mentally not having, you know, like trying to spread myself so thin that I could actually be there, if that makes any sense. So it totally does. I think, so one of the things is being in a single, um, being a single mom and not having the traditional family in a sense, I oftentimes have to think outside of the box on what that support looks like. And I find that even some of my married friends are not as open 
to being outside the box, right, in regards to how they can find that support. For instance, uh, my friends that they have children, there's a group of us, we'll get together for friends Thanksgiving and we'll have these moments, right, of girl time. But I said to them once, I said, well, why don't we just get the kids together on a Saturday, right? And there's about five or six of us. All the kids have a big play date and maybe three of us leave and go have lunch while the other three stay and watch the kids. And then we can swap out, right? Or three of us Mm -hmm. leave and we go get a manicure. And the other three, you know, they have lunch while the kids are playing. So it's just, I think that we have more resources than we really give ourselves credit for during the motherhood journey. And we don't take advantage, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to wait until your husband necessarily gets off of work to have that downtime or just for them to go to grandma and grandpa's. I'm a proponent of use what you have. And I think that comes from if you don't have the traditional means, you create what you need, right, based on whatever that looks like for you. So if, you know, Elizabeth, if you're having a hard time and you just need an hour to yourself, you can pick up the phone and say, Jasmine, I need an hour. Can you just come over yeah. and, like, make sure the kids don't die? And I'm like, sure, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, go yeah, ahead and do your yeah. thing. And I don't think we do that enough because the assumption is everybody has their own lives. Every mom is busy. No yeah. one has time to help me out. I have no support. I have no babysitter. I don't have money for daycare. And mm-hmm. it's, like, legit, there has to be other ways that we can support each other in motherhood and just saying, hey, you need a mental break? I'm going to come over, I'll order pizza, and me and the kids will watch a movie, and you go do your thing. And I don't think it always has to be in the form of money for support. And for, that's no, what I mean. Absolutely. So you would do that for me? Of course. <laughs> so that's what I'm, I'm saying. like, give me I your number. Yeah, I like I totally would do I, that. I, I don't think we're asking that question mm-hmm. enough either or feel comfortable in our relationship. Like, I have that. So for me, I was like, I truly think when you find that person. So for me, it's my friend Chelsea. Um, our kids go to school together. We're great friends. Our families are friends. It's not a tit for tat with her and I, right? She takes my kids. I take her kids. Yeah. We're not tallying each other. To me, that is friendship. Mm-hmm. When we're yeah. not sitting there saying, I came over for an hour to help you. Now you owe me. It's not about that. Right. You know, so like when it comes to my kids and Chelsea's right there, so it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, I, you know, I have people in my life that I've put there for intentionally. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, not only for myself, but for my kids. I think mm-hmm. it's super important. And so, um, can I just add, can I chime in there for a second? So there was a period um, where I legitimately did not have support, uh, friends or family. So um, again, I was single when I adopted both of my children, my son first, and I actually moved to Guatemala for a year and was a foster mom in Guatemala during the adoption process. Um, And so I legit didn't have that support. Mm -hmm. I was still working. I had my own business. I could work remote. Um, I'm a designer. And so I was able to do that. I still had to find those outlets even without that support. And yes. I, I want to just offer possibly if someone's listening and is like, no, I sincerely don't have anyone to create that space for yourself. And there were so many like chunks of my life as a mom when I set timers. So to make sure I didn't get swept up, um, let's say if I was designing something, I would set my timer for 30 minutes so that then I was down on the floor for 10 minutes, I would set another timer, um, you know, being having that intentional time with my son. And really and truly, um, for people who might be rolling their eyes thinking, like, that that doesn't work or that wouldn't be enough, let me tell you, like, when you are really intentional for 10 or 15 minutes at a time with a child or with your children, 
that does fill them up mm-hmm. enough to, yes. the, to self-sustain your them. undivided for, attention to your child. Absolutely. Of absolutely. Doing what they want to do, a puzzle or a game or, you know, just even watching them you, dance and you're like, just oh anything or just, you know, just even when they're like little babies, right? Just even like that FaceTime with them, um, that it really does fill them enough so that you can then step away. And then maybe, you know what? I would take maybe 30 minutes and I wouldn't go back to work, work at my table, right? But instead, maybe I would, you know, draw a picture for fun or write or look at a magazine or whatever that might look like. You know, Mm -hmm. our house that we rented in Guatemala had this gorgeous, like, indoor, outdoor courtyard, you know, and I could step outside for, you know, 15 minutes and plant Mm -hmm. or, or whatever that looked like. And so I think that it's amazing that we have these friendships. Like you said, you've got your Chelsea You've got your village that you've built very intentionally. Um, But there may be times in life where that, for whatever reason, is not an option. Maybe you're not close to your family. That was me for a period of time as well, even when I moved back. Um, Or you don't have time to develop those friendships. And again, that was me. I had two kids by myself. And every spare moment when they were sleeping or whatever, I was working right? That's when I was doing my job. So I really didn't have that opportunity and time to build that for me. So I built it for myself, if that makes any sense. So I just wanted to offer that perspective as well. I think it's important to point out that you found a community because I think there's a lot of women and I'm experiencing this personally with friends I've had forever who just want to pretend like they've got it all together. Absolutely. They don't need any help. They've got it all figured out. And I just want to, like, embrace them all the time and be like, we don't have it together. Like, are they saying they have it all figured out? Because I know so many times people have said that to me. Like, you guys, I have been, like, coined perfect Kim. (laughs) And it's like, if only you knew, I literally almost just threw my kid out a window today. Like, like, I do not have my crap together at all. And so, but maybe, like... No, well, appearance very, can get think, that. Maybe. Yes, people may get that appearance, but I'm talking women that are like, when you're like, "Hey, how's it going? Wonderful. My kids are great. Absolutely. My marriage is gotcha. wonderful. My parents are great. Everything in my life is going wonderful." The mask <laughs> of motherhood. Yes, absolutely. And gotcha. I just want I want those women to know that we're out here and like <laughs> we're ready for them when you are ready to. You know, I don't know. Or Admit hate. to yourself. <laughs> or maybe yeah. that stage or maybe that day or maybe that week. Maybe everything really is good, right? We've yeah. all had that. Yeah. yeah, sure. We've all had those spells where things are going really well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's when, when you know those you 12 hours are up. Your therapist. <laughs> yes. But I want them to know that, like, we're here for them. Absolutely. Um, this podcast, Detroit Moms, mm-hmm. like, there is a community out there. There are women who want to talk with you and... You know, I'm very much one of those people. Like, I, I'm i like, let's commiserate together. <laughs> like, I'm very much a misery loves company. So I tend to be that person. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, Penelope, you know, she, I don't know. Like, try, she's trying to jump off the couch right now. And, like, she's just doing crazy things that just absolutely drive me nuts. And I'm, I lose it more than maybe the average person. And I want to talk to other moms that are doing the same thing because I want to feel like I'm not alone. Well, Detroit Mom is phenomenal for that. Because I would have to say that this is probably the first, like, true community that Mm -hmm. I have been a part of. And my kids are 10 and 12, you guys. Yeah. That was not an overnight. 
And this isn't just for new moms. It is not for new moms. For sure Like, I mean, you could be... We want them all. We want before you're having babies. We want... You in your forties when you're hey you you might not even have babies even now you got grandbabies at this point yeah <laughs> um there's a place for everybody and I think that's something like you know people there are a lot of people that have villages but there are a lot that don't and they're mm-hmm. struggling and like you said they don't have time to find that community um but I think if it's something that you desperately need and it's important to you just even putting forth like a little bit of effort. To, you know, obviously you work during the day. Is there somebody in your office that you could connect with? Mm -hmm. Um, You are part of groups on Facebook. You know, you can't tell me that majority of women are not scrolling through Facebook. You know, is there a group you're a part of and somebody somebody is intriguing to you, you want to reach out to them and create a relationship? So I think that it's It's scary and it's uncomfortable. But we've given you, we have 70 different women, all different all feel differently about motherhood. We might share the same opinions on things, but we all come from different backgrounds. You know, just us sitting here at this table, um, our stereotypes are all different. Mine was as a teen mom. Everyone assumed that I didn't go to college, that I didn't graduate high school, that I had multiple children, that I wasn't married. And this list of things that people automatically assumed that those things defined me when they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I think that We've given you the space here at Detroit Mom and welcoming you. We, we host community groups um, or we have community groups that have the space to have, a, you know, we have events and come out and have dinner. And we have a lot of stuff planned in 2020. But I think that it's so important in motherhood to not feel alone. And I have such a great village. I can tell you when my parents passed away, I would not have survived without the women in Detroit Mom. Like I would not have survived that at all Mm -hmm. you know so I think that when you go through those life experiences it's so important to set yourself up with the appropriate people do you know what I mean so absolutely yeah it's such a hard one well if nothing else hopefully people are taking away to um have have the desire right so maybe even if you're so busy and thinking hey I've got things managed I don't necessarily need a village or you know I've got my husband or whatever really to explore some other options and to take a look at the community that there is and that, you know, maybe have a desire to be a part of. Well, it's just little things like you said. Yeah, you could have your husband, but let's be honest. There's days when you're like, oh my gosh, I literally just want to poke my husband's eyeballs out, (laughs) right? And like, who do you have to talk to about that? I think it's so important. Like, if you're not seeing a therapist and you're not, you know, you're upset with your husband, so you don't have your husband to talk to. You're literally bottling all of that up inside. Yeah, you don't have to do it And it's just like sitting there pressing it down. So issue after issue. And your four-year-old doesn't care. Yeah, they don't. Absolutely not. And like issue after issue. And who's there to listen to you? Right. You know, I remember, Jasmine, you said to me, you went out, you and your girlfriends get together to go out for a dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, is it weekly or monthly? Uh, It used to be monthly. And I have to be honest, we slacked off. And I was going to bring that up a bit. And I think. And I think, and you were saying to me. You said, you know, it's so interesting. We're sitting there and we're all like, everyone's going around talking about their kids. Everything's fine with everybody. Yes. Yes. Two mm-hmm. weeks, two days later, one of our friends announces, and correct me if I'm wrong, a divorce. Yeah. Or struggles. A in struggle the mar- in the marriage. And you're like, yeah. we were all I just together like two days yeah. ago. Like, Yeah, I was going to bring that up when it was mentioned before. So um, I think being intentional absolutely is important. I think being proactive 
right? That's always my approach to a lot that I deal with. Like, I don't want to wait until things hit the fan to then figure out that I need to talk to someone or that Mm -hmm. I need to have someone in my corner and I need a different level of support. And um, sometimes the people that are closest to you are the people that will hide the most from you because they want to make sure that a certain presentation is presented because they don't want you to worry. Absolutely. And I just started noticing socially that we would get together. We would have like this great time at dinner and, you know, um, meet and there would be, you know, just a really everything would be upbeat. And then later, within a very short time frame, you would really hear that like people are going through like really hard times. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm talking about like life changing hard times, like not just I had a bad day, I stubbed my toe, right? And I'm sitting there like, why didn't we talk about this? I've seen you twice, you know, since mm-hmm. hearing that some of these changes have happened. And we, I brought it to the table because that's just the type of friend that I am, right? And I'm like, you guys, like, I'm tired of meeting and not really knowing what's happening in our lives. Like, I have no it's idea. All stuff it's very surface, yeah. right? And what was brought to light was um, a lot of times that meeting that we had was the only times that some of them were able to get away. And they were making a choice to not be a Debbie Downer. And for once, not thinking about their issues and their problems and just wanting to have a good time. Kind of an escape. mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the thought process was instead of me actually telling you the real, I'd rather pretend like everything's all good and just for a moment have this moment to myself, right? That I can enjoy myself, not worry about the kids, not talk about my problems. And I respected that. But when it gets to the point where we're going on years, (laughs) <laughs> and they're getting a divorce. You know, like, I didn't even know what And you have song. no that's idea, right. like, right. what's happening with your friend. Mm-hmm. I not only feel like that's not really us building a friendship, but it also makes you feel like the assumption is, for me, that everybody else must be doing fine. So I don't want to say anything either, right? So it keeps other people around you in a box to keep things to themselves. But we're mm-hmm. there to support each other. Like the whole point is for us to get together and figure out ways to support each other. So if that looks like, you know, like I said, getting together and swapping out who's doing what and the kids have more fun too. like get the kids together, have them have a good time. You have a good time. Step away, break away, figure out ways that you can kind of escape without it actually being pretending. I guess is my main point in the friendship process. And I see it a lot with moms, particularly women, where we want the support. We want to be around each other, but we don't want to really look behind the curtain. And I think Expose it's time for us. the stuff that's yeah. there. Yeah. Like you, don't have to be, you don't have to put on a mask in motherhood because we all know the real. And that's why we just give that little subtle head not like, I see you, girl. I know. <laughs> I know I you have to you. tell me. Yeah. I got you. You don't have to do that. You know, when you find people that you feel like are trying to be on that same page with you. So just being intentional. And, like, I found Detroit Moms by accident. Not going to lie. I Googled. I was looking for something (laughs) different. I found, you know, a unique opportunity to be around moms. I bumped into Elizabeth while I was there. We had a random hour conversation that was never <laughs> planned, and it has transitioned. It was only an hour? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was an hour. Anyone that knows me. But, but after this conversation, like, I walked away feeling awesome because I felt like someone who does not look like me, does not come from the same background, got what I was saying in a conversation, and we felt commonality regardless. And through that process over years, 
we're sitting at this table and I feel like that I can really legit talk to her, right? right? On a way that I don't even talk to my friends that I've been friends with for several decades about certain things because we've had candid conversations that have allowed us to do that and go there. So I just want to encourage, even if you don't have a village, even if you find something by accident, just be intentional about creating whatever space mm-hmm. you need, whether mm-hmm. it's yourself or your village, to really figure out how you can get the support you need without wearing a mask of motherhood. I love it. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> um, okay, with that said, we are going to close this episode out, and we have another one coming for you. But um, thank you for listening. We will be back next week yep. with a new episode. Let us know what you think. Um, go ahead and subscribe and like Unfiltered Mom on wherever you listen to podcasts.